Good day and welcome to episode six, titled Trump Indicted in New York City. An excerpt taken from a USA Today article written by Christine Stapleton, dated June 18th, 2020. On September 9th, 2015, three months after Trump announced his bid for president, the tech blog boingboing.net published a New York Times article from 1927, which stated Donald Trump's father, Fred Trump, had been detained at a KKK rally on Memorial Day weekend. According to the article, 1,000 white-robed Klansmen marched through the Jamaica neighborhood eventually spurring an all-out brawl in which seven men were arrested. Among those arrested, the article identifies a man with the name and address of the home of Trump's father in Jamaica, Queens. The article details the charges filed against six of the men. However, it does not identify any charges against the elder Trump and merely states he was discharged. The article does not say Trump's father was a member or supporter of the KKK or whether he was a bystander, falsely accused or otherwise the victim of mistaken identity during the chaotic event. I am referring to this article in this episode because of the reaction from Donald Trump, media outlets, and his fan base which includes elected members of Congress, to the indictment. Trump has called it a political witch hunt by an animal. Yes, an ex-president of the United States in 2023 has referred to a black attorney as an animal, a pattern of practice for him. When Omarosa Manigault was removed from her role in his administration, He joked about how she was thrown out the White House like a dog. Furthermore, he claims D.A. Bragg was funded by George Soros and is interfering in an election. Mind you, the investigation began in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office when Cy Vance was the D.A. about two years ago. Forbes magazine identifies George Soros as a celebrated hedge fund tycoon who managed client money in New York from 1969 to 2011. In 1992, Soros shorted the British pound and reportedly made a profit of $1 billion. He became known as the man who broke the Bank of England. Soros shifted $18 billion from his family office to his Open Society Foundations as of 2018. Soros was born in Hungary. At 17, he left the country and put himself through the London School of Economics, working as a railway porter and waiter. Soros has long been one of the Democratic Party's most generous donors, and poured $125 million 
into a super PAC ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. George Soros' real net worth as of April 1st, 2023 is $6.7 billion. On MSNBC, Reverend Al Sharpton have referred to Trump's scrutiny of District Attorney Bragg and George Soros' association as anti-Semitic, plus the horrible name-calling, which is such an early 20th century throwback, to the worst times racially in America. Even the world. But what amazes me is how Donald Trump and other Republicans refer to Jewish people that assist or support Democrats so differently from the ones who supports the conservative efforts in the Republican Party. The GOP has an annual Republican Jewish coalition gathering to raise donations for their political aspirations. The aspiring politicians, many are incumbents, show up to pander to wealthy Jewish conservatives for money and support. This group of Jewish people are not looked upon as animals or a threat to the Republicans. So why is George Soros? Trump has made it clear that if he is offended, he would respond harshly with a verbal lashing or insult to anyone, which says more about him than it does about the other person. But nevertheless, it is Trump's brand. Did I mention that Donald Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, is someone of the Jewish faith? Well, he is. And Trump has grandchildren who are also of the Jewish faith. I do not know how he sleeps at night after saying some of the things he says about Jewish people or even look his son-in-law and grandchildren in their faces. Maybe they know something about him we do not know. Maybe it is all an act for power and money. That would not surprise me. However, Trump has found himself in legal trouble in which he has never experienced before. Trump has settled many times in civil court, but nothing ever rose to criminal charges, which is a whole different ballgame. The bases are loaded for him right now, and D.A. Bragg is up to bat. Taken from the ManhattanDA.org website, Alvin L. Bragg Jr. is the 37th district attorney elected in Manhattan, a son of Harlem who have served as both a state and federal prosecutor. Alvin has spent more than two decades fighting to make our community safer and our criminal justice system fairer. He is the first black Manhattan DA in the history of the office. Alvin earned his A.B. from Harvard University, a J.D. from Harvard Law School, clerked for Honorable Robert P. Patterson in the Southern District of New York. Alvin is a former member of the Board of Directors of the New York Urban League and the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law and a Sunday school teacher at his church. As a longtime white-collar prosecutor, Alvin believes in holding powerful people accountable for harming everyday New Yorkers. 
He secured a six-count indictment against Stephen K. Bannon and We Build the Wall, Inc., a Florida-based not-for-profit corporation, on charges including money laundering, conspiracy, and scheme to defraud in connection with a year-long fundraising scheme that netted more than $15 million from thousands of donors across the country based on false promises. He also secured the conviction of Trump Organization Chief Financial Officer Alan Weisselberg on 15 felony counts in connection with a long-running tax evasion scheme. He launched a dedicated housing and tenant protection unit to investigate and prosecute landlords and developers who engage in systemic fraud and tenant harassment. And he is committed to prosecute employers who steal wages and endanger workers. Both Bannon and Weiselberg are directly connected to Trump and have been found guilty of crimes by D.A. Bragg. Bannon was pardoned by Trump saving him from time in jail and Weisselberg is currently sitting in Rikers Island Correctional Facility serving three months, a very lenient sentence, for his participation with the prosecutors. Although Trump have defended his longtime chief financial officer, he managed to dodge a bullet. But many legal minds have questioned what does it say about the law that it finds the associates of Trump guilty but never holding Trump accountable. Trump operates like a mobster. He wants loyal foot soldiers around him that would take the fall if need be, but he does not reciprocate that loyalty. Well, tick-tock, tick-tock, the time may have finally come. After review of D.A. Bragg's credentials, it can be said without a doubt that he is more than qualified to serve as district attorney and even more qualified to hold Trump accountable for any crimes in which he may have committed. More qualified than some of the elected congressmen and women who are questioning D.A. Bragg's motive and merit regarding the indictment of Trump. He is definitely more qualified to do his job than Trump was to be president of the United States. When you see black people from an area like Harlem, New York City, Red Hook, Brooklyn, Far Rockaway, Queens, or the South Bronx, to some referred to as the hood or the ghetto, who manages to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and get an education and manage to soar to the highest of ranks because their academic ability and ambition to be better than the statistics say they can be, you could best believe they know their stuff. Black people who have managed to end up in institutions, corporations, or even government are very few, not because they are unqualified, but because the obstacles put forth Some are financial, some are societal. Most are intentional because black people were not meant to thrive in capitalistic America. The progress made comes from movements such as Operation Breadbasket, a program which begun in 1962 by the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and led by Reverend Jesse Jackson that aimed at improving the economic status of African Americans through a boycott of white-owned and white-operated businesses that refused to employ African-Americans 
or to buy products sold by African-American-owned businesses. After initial successes, the program gradually increased in scope until the early 1970s, recited from the Britannica.com. But when Black people get the opportunity, they shine, which results in leaving a path for others to follow. And the only way to do that is by having great character, high integrity, being fair and honest, and doing the right thing, whether it is an easy or difficult task. It is about principle over popularity. Elected members of Congress, which I will not name because sadly there is too many to list, but they are all serving in this Congress currently and want to politicize these charges to create a race war because that is what they know best violence, bigotry, deception, and manipulation. But I believe as the indictment is unsealed and the evidence is heard, you will see the charges are warranted. And if no one is above the law, which the Republican Party in this country have touted for decades, as they had total control of everything and everyone, then why a criminal ex-president being charged accordingly is so problematic? Please do not use the excuse about the country being divided because the Great Divide started decades ago and the wedge grew during the presidency of Barack Obama. Due to the actions of the same media outlets and the Republican Party crying out for Trump, Trump was able to hijack the GOP by pretending to stand for a Make America Great agenda, whatever that is. And all he has done was make him and his family richer. Trump is neither Republican or Democrat. In my eyes, he is an autocrat. In my wrap-up of this episode, I want to refer back to the beginning where I referenced Fred Trump and the allegation that he was associated with the KKK and arrested for attending one of their rallies in Queens, New York. It has been public knowledge that everything Trump learned was from his father. Donald was his muse. Fred Trump's association with the seven men in the robes that were arrested after the rally is questionable because the facts are not clearly presented. But ask yourself, how coincidental that someone named Fred Trump with an address on file for the Trump family in Queens would be arrested at a KKK rally and then evade charges could be someone other than the infamous Trump family in which I refer to in this episode. Secondly, it would take major influence to get an arrest quashed when six out of the seven arrested remained. The point I am making is that if someone spends their entire adult life violating laws and not held accountable, there is never a deterrent or any reason for an individual to change their behavior. The individual will grow accustomed to getting off and will continue violating laws. And I believe that is how Donald Trump is wired. They call him Teflon Don, the same name given to mafia boss John Gotti, who was found not guilty three times before finally expiring in prison for tax evasion. Even now with the violent threats to the prosecutors and incitement of violence in the streets of America, all to save himself from being held accountable. Donald Trump refers to the alleged crimes 
as the perfect call or self-defense or within his right, political persecution even. I believe in his heart he knows what he has done wrong, but will not admit it because of his fan base and all he stands to lose. Trump once told an interviewer there was never a time in his life he prayed to God for forgiveness. No man is perfect and no man is above the law. As long as he has supporters in Congress and at Fox News and other higher places, he will deny his wrongdoings. What a shame a large amount of his supporters are sitting members of Congress, even some law enforcement officials. But that should not shield him from prosecution. Eventually, everyone luck runs out. Eric Trump, the son of Donald Trump, was on a news outlet making a false equivalent to the crimes in New York City and his father's alleged crimes by saying he walks into a CVS to get Tylenol and they are locked in glass cases because of robberies and the district attorney is partaking in a political witch hunt against his father. Like, how dare he? The audacity to go after white-collar crimes when these people are out here committing low-level crimes. It makes me chuckle that the privilege afforded to, the Donald Trump, to Donald Trump does not allow him to see that even in the midst of it all, he is receiving preferential treatment. Trump does not have to worry about wearing Chanel bracelets, which most people identify as handcuffs, a sign of apprehension by law enforcement, or getting his head smushed down while he is shoved in a police car. And he may not even take a mugshot he will be given grace and treated with respect, grace he would never afford to anyone else, especially a Black person, because the only Black people he acknowledges as worthy are celebrities and sports players who have made it in America and who knows their place. And God forbid any of those people speak out against him, and then they are bad people in his eyes as well. I will end by saying what is happening to Donald Trump in New York City, where he was able to gross millions of dollars, all while thumbing his nose to the average guys, the janitor, the barmaid, housekeeping, the messenger, the welfare recipient, the now exonerated five, and all manipulating them out of pay and wishing them to death for crimes they didn't commit is long overdue. A lot of the charges should have come before Trump even ran for president in 2016. But you know what they say, you should have left good enough alone. Or as Black Twitter says, you F around and you find out. Donald Trump is finding out the hard way. It will take more than Marjorie Taylor Greene, the pillow guy, and a few corrupt officials to hold off Lady Justice and her wrath. My name is Mark Tyler, and thank you for lending me your ear.